always take a big breath before I start these things because I don't want to be breathing into the microphone, have poor microphone skills. So uh, forgive me if my microphone skills aren't as good as I profess they might be on my own. Um, anyway, I guess this is going to be episode number two. Um, it's like uh, 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. I thought I would just uh, pick up the microphone and talk. Kind of one of the nice things about having your own podcast and having it from home with your own little setup. Yeah, this week was interesting. I um, My sister, who is eight years older than me, I believe, or six years older than me, sorry, six years older, uh, she is moving out of California, which uh, I'm very happy for her. It's weird, though, because I'm going to miss her, even though I don't always see her because she's lived in the Bay Area where we grew up. And um, she's the last uh, remaining person of our family that lived in the Bay Area. Uh, my parents moved when I was a junior in college. And then I lived on my own uh, this my whole senior year. Just kind of, you know, basically, you know, I mean, homeless with a, a safety net, I guess is what you'd call it. I lived in my truck and stuff like that. But I mean, I always had a place to go. I really needed it, <clears throat> but it was a fun experience. Uh, and then I moved up uh, to the area where I live now, Sacramento area. And then uh, my brother moved here uh, under 10 years ago. And my sister still lived down there, but now she's moving out of state completely. Um, something she's been planning for a while. It's not just a, one of those pandemic knee-jerk reaction, get out of the state kind of things. She's actually been... Uh, thinking about moving for a while, so she's going to, and uh, it's funny, I couldn't be happier for her that she's, you know, having this wonderful life for herself and all the stuff she's doing, um, I'm a bit melancholy about her leaving just because she's going to be further away, but like I said, it's not like we, we didn't see each other a lot, we, you know, talk to each other on Facebook and social media and all that kind of stuff and um, uh, text and phone calls. And really, she's an hour flight away, which is, you know, people always say that, like, you know, ah, it's an hour drive, and it's also an hour flight. Yeah, but, like, it's an hour drive. Like, you get in the car, you get gassed up, and you go. Like, getting gassed up and getting packed up is, you know, should take you more than half an hour. Getting to the airport, parking, or taking an Uber, or whatever the hell, and a taxi, and you get there, you go through the gates, you go through all the shit. It's still like, you know, it's a three-hour process. So, you know, it's still not an hour-to-hour hour kind of ratio. But anyway, she's going to be living like an hour away so by flight. So it's not like it's, you know, the most inconvenient thing in the world to go do and see her. Um, it's weird, though. I just, you know, I, I'm happy. I have no real ties family-wise to the Bay Area. I still have uh, my oldest friend, Don, lives in the Bay and, um, you know, a few smattering of acquaintances and people like that, um, you know, passive friends, but it's weird. I, I went down to the Bay area during the, you know, the whole pandemic. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. There was a pandemic. Um, and it just cause basically everyone's saying that there's no one on the road and all that stuff. This was probably April of last year. So I packed the whole family into the uh, 
into the car and uh, we drove down and I, you know, between here and the Bay Area, there's at least three to four spots that you can count on there being traffic. I hit nothing. I mean, the only reason I took my my uh, cruise control off 75 was to go through the bridges. That was it. Um, to the toll booths, so the bridge. And it was crazy. There was nobody out. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure most of you ventured out during the pandemic, you know, and, um, has been, uh, have been out during that time, but it was, it was weird. There was people passing me going at least a hundred on the freeway, hundred, you know, 20. It was, it was crazy. Like I was in the slow lane going 75 and there was people in the fast lane going so fast that it was almost like from two lanes over, it was aggressive feeling. So, and I'm not a very aggressive driver anymore. I used to be when I was younger, but I'm not anymore because I just don't care. I, you know, I'll get there when I get there. I'd rather get there alive. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, I went down there and where I grew up, the town I grew up in, it's gotten so over, you know, populated and so many people and just so just, ugh, you know. And down there then it was great. There was like, you know, a smattering of, of, of joggers and people who were walking. But I mean, even then it was, you know, it had to have been early on. Cause I remember there was, I remember hearing from some friends that I talked to online all the time from the Bay area that, uh, they were doing the whole thing where they were marking off the six foot, um, you know, spots, a little monopoly spots at the store. And, uh, we weren't doing that up here yet. And I remember thinking it was so annoying and I was buying something at Safeway and, and I'm not like one of those people who, you know, I'm going to, I don't want to wear a mask, but you know, whatever your store's policy, that's fine. I'm I'm not going to be a dick about it and cause problems. It's just, it's not who I am. Um, but I was buying something, you know, just like we stopped there real quick to grab some food for the road back home and it was like this lady who worked there was giving me all kinds of attitude because I wasn't standing on my square I didn't know what the hell the squares were or or I wasn't standing on my arrow I think it was an arrow thing I was going the wrong way and you know, it was just it was stupid and I just I remember like putting down the thing I was going to buy and I was like okay I'm just going to leave this is dumb I, I can't I don't want to be here for this this is stupid so I um I left and Little did I know how much more rules and regulations were going to come about as the year went on. You know, thing that, I mean, the pandemic's been talked about a thousand times, you know, over and over by everybody. Uh, it's kind of hard to avoid it, obviously, since it's sort of a shared experience we humans had for a year. I think, uh, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I think it's so funny that people want to tie the whole pandemic in with the political system going on in America when I don't, I legitimately don't think that, I mean, everybody in the world was affected by it. I don't think that, you know, Italy is going to be taking a hit with their population just so one political party could vote out somebody that everybody doesn't seem to like universally in that party. Um, pretty sure it affected everybody. Now, I think that a lot of the stuff that's been done to um, mitigate disaster has been a bit overblown. 
And, um, you know, as of right now, I haven't gotten a vaccine and I've been offered, <laughs> like, sounds like I've been talking about, like, I've been, I've been walking to the store and someone's pulled me aside into an alley and offered me the vaccine like it's crack. But, um, I've been, you know, on different lists through, you know, work and things like that being one of the quote unquote essentials. Um, I like to think of us as a tribe or the essentials and, uh, I've been offered it and I, I don't want it. You know, I rather have somebody else who needs it to have it. I'm in good health. I don't, and I'm, you know, 99% sure I already had this friggin' thing back in February of last year. I was, um, you know, the usual, somebody says they thought they had it, had a fever, had a really bad respiratory thing. Uh, what's funny was I didn't have any sinus uh, inflammation or clogging or anything like that, but I couldn't taste anything or smell anything. That was long before I knew that was a symptom. And I remember thinking how it was so weird with this cold. Cause when I get like sinus infections, I, I'm, I'm will chronically lose my taste. I, it's one of the, like I can take having a cold. It's the most annoying thing for me. Anyway. Um, I remember thinking, wow, I lost my taste, but I don't have sinus infection. This is stupid. And then, you know, like, bam, like three weeks ago, these are all the symptoms of coronavirus. And I was like, oh, crap, I had all of those, and especially the taste thing. So I'm pretty sure I already had it, but whatever. I just, you know, just not had to get in the vaccine, and I haven't really changed much about my life. I've worked all through it, and, you know, it's, it's I you know, I, I work out at home, you know, my gym at home and stuff most of the time, or... I have a, you know, uh, I have a key to a gym and a warehouse that I go to. So, I mean, it's, you know, not much has changed. I don't like being around giant crowds of people anyway, so it's been nice. Speaking of which, man, the, the, you know, traffic is back. Thanks, all you, uh, all you non-essentials. Just kidding. You out there, you, you guys are, uh clogging up the freeways like Bruce Springsteen song all of a sudden so thanks for that some of us still have to get to work and we were enjoying the last year of not having to uh, play stop and go bumper cars but oh well <sighs> sorry I'm drinking water because um, I need to stay hydrated because I don't really know um, I think you're supposed to because you're healthy or something I don't know I do know I'm just I don't know Anyway, um, I remember there was a, a sign I saw for a Subway sandwiches. It's something like, takeout now available. It's one of those redundant statements that, that this one came about, but redundant statements. Hate, I, I hate redundant statements. But, of course, you're open for takeout. Subway is... Who eats at a Subway? Like, I mean, who... Do you ever take a date to Subway? Like, hey, let's let's go out tonight. Let's let's go to Subway, and have sandwiches and Lay's potato chips, and I'll I'll buy you one of those giant, not even giant, they're just gooey cookies, and we'll get soda drinks or fountain drinks. I don't know. I mean, it's I know Seinfeld's not gonna be stealing that anytime soon. I'm, just, I'm not saying it's a joke. It's just I think it's funny. It's open for takeout. You are takeout. That's that's your whole. That's like seeing McDonald's is drive through now to open. Yeah, we know. No one goes into McDonald's anymore. That's one thing the pandemic has definitely shown is that there's a lot of expendable jobs out there. People wanting $15 an hour and they're 
lucky that their company even finds value in what they do at this point. McDonald's is supposedly going to be um, going to be like farming out a lot of their indoor work to kiosks at this point. Um, going to lose a lot of jobs there, and I'm not I'm not being a smartass when I say this, but there are not a lot of jobs available to the people who are working the counter at McDonald's. If you're working the counter at McDonald's, it's probably either your first job or you were hired there because you weren't, for whatever reason of circumstance of life, qualified to work elsewhere. So now if those jobs are being replaced by robots, I wonder what the state of our um, economy will become in 10 years after that starts getting implemented. I mean, forget the whole jobs like truckers and stuff like that getting replaced because those are, you know, very well-paying jobs. Those are the jobs that go out last. It's the, you know, lower paying, um, you know, minimum wage jobs that we're going to worry about. But back to redundant statements. Um, my least favorite is when someone says AM in the morning. Like, how I got up at 6 AM in the morning. Right. We know it's the morning. That's what the whole AM thing was for. 6 AM in the morning. That's just. I went running with my legs. That's, you know, that's basically what you're saying. It's stupid. It's 6 a.m. Done. Six, they don't, you know, it's not, it's not 12, well, I guess it's 12 p.m. It's not like, you know, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. It's 1 p.m. If it was 1 a.m., it'd be in the morning. But you wouldn't have to say it because it's a.m. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just not my best podcast, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, the first one was okay. The second one's um, kind of like uh, most sequels to most movies. Not great. Um, yeah. I'm going to take my son fishing tomorrow, I think. One of my favorite things to do since high school. It's funny. It's it's such an um, interesting subculture of fishermen and, and women, I guess. I don't mean to sound... In, in exclusive, um, I've I've been fishing since I was in high school. I used to go to Lake Chabot in the Bay Area with my buddy Anthony, and um, used to go with my dad to the to the ocean and fish. Been on some boats. Clear Lake was a, a a usual spot for me in the in the summertime, and you know I don't get into the whole like oh you know this this lure and this lure and that lure. I mean, I use some lures, spinners and things like that for bass, but I don't, um, I use worms a lot, you know, just worms. And it's fun for me just to sit and talk to my son and fish. If you have, if you have kids, my daughter loves it too. If you have kids, it's such a great thing to do. You get to go out and be in nature, you get to be quiet. You get to dominate an animal. I don't know. Um, you get to, you know, just uh, enjoy being in one with nature. I mean, you can do that without fishing, obviously. But there's a nice sort of element of um, excitement when you catch a fish. And then I always release. Use barbless hooks so I can get the hook out quickly and get them out there in the water. But, you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. And uh, my, my, my son enjoys it a lot. So I'm going to go fishing. It's a fun thing to do. I enjoy it. Um. 
having kids has been uh, interesting. I love it. My son, my new son, he's two months old and he's he's a uh, he's a hell of a lot of fun. He's starting to smile now and laugh, which is just it just kills me because he starts laughing and smiling and it's like it's like one of those moments when you when you find yourself doing something that normally you'd feel guarded about in public you know like dancing or singing or something and not realizing people are around you it's like you giggle along with the baby and it's just it's the most pure happiness because I mean the baby's doing it because you know neurologically it seems right to them or whatever but you're doing it because you're feeling pure joy it's such a rare thing in this world if you're to feel pure joy if you don't try to feel it you you'll miss it you won't feel it it'll be um be sad because i think everyone should feel joy do you ever look at a homeless person who's just there on the side of the road maybe being crazy or you know using the side of the road as a bathroom with no regard for shame people looking at them just doing something you generally would think that a sane fairly put together person wouldn't be doing and then think about that person as a as a newborn think about that person as a baby even if their family life was terrible, even if their their parents were abusive and or whatever, and I'm not saying they all are. I'm just saying what if, you know. Even if they were, think about like someone, at least one person, loved that person, held that person, and told them they loved them. They had high hopes for that person. They they hugged them. Maybe they bought them a special outfit, a toy, a ball, something. Somebody saw something in that person. They saw good in them. They saw potential. Maybe they even cried when they were born. so easy to see people for who they are right now and not see them for who they were and wonder where it went wrong and maybe you know maybe they did it to themselves maybe typically people don't unless they're born with a, a some sort of a pre-existing condition and you know they're given up on by people a lot of those people end up out there because of circumstances that they've done to themselves and those around them and I get that and I get that, you know, those aren't the kind of people that necessarily get any kind of sympathy in our society. And it doesn't, and not necessarily most, maybe some of them shouldn't. But I just don't think there's enough of people remembering that we're all the same. That, you know, somebody probably held that baby and loved it. And we're happy to hear its name. Happy to hear that it, you know, it arrived. Happy to hear it was a boy or a girl. I, I see the homeless people out here in my city and I, I get fascinated with their story. There's one lady who 
looks like she used to work out and has a fairly put together physique still and all that, but you know, you can tell she's not all there anymore in the brain. It looks, it looks drug induced. I don't know. I hope not. I mean, not that it really matters. I mean, whether it's drug induced or genetic, does it really make a difference? But still, I just think about like she had an adulthood, most likely, where she was a functioning person. Went to the gym, you know, was able to go and get a gym membership, which means they had a bank account, which means they probably had a credit card or something. And they were they were they were one of us, you know. I just don't think there's enough empathy in the world for people's situations. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not some bleeding heart. I will, you know, think all those things up until the point that they prove me wrong. But it's it's funny because the, the, the proving of you of wrong is it basically means that that person has now ceased to become that child. Because if you look at them as a baby, and then and then you're like, wow, you you sparks empathy in you, and then they say or do something or yell something or threaten you or whatever, do something, and then you cease to see them in that innocent way. Well, the child is is gone in your brain. It's like that saying where they say that you're you're truly never dead until the last person speaks your name. It's kind of like that with it with a child, though, in your in your mind. Like there's this innocence that we all have when we're first born. It's cultivated for a certain amount of time by our family, and then we start to chip away at it. Whether it's life, society, school, people, kids, you know, tragic events where adults take advantage of kids, whatever. Um, sooner or later the innocence goes away and that innocence is all we really have that connection to who we that innocent child that we were when people sense you know cease to see you with empathy and they see you only as the person you are then that little child part of you is no longer alive I as a dad will do my best to always always cultivate that part of my kids my son comes running out of his room every morning excited because he is awake the sun is shining and he is ready to do anything he wants and you know, someday he's not going to feel that way. And when that day comes, you know, it'll be a sad day. But it may never come. Maybe he'll always be innocent. Maybe he'll always be that way. And uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who say, like, you know, you should get your kids ready for the harshness of the world. And you should, you know, um, make them understand this and that. You know, it's like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But. The world's harsh enough. There's enough shitty things going on in the world that I don't think he needs to have that in his brain right now. You know, people talk about how you should 
tell your kids all these things that are going on in the world and make sure your kids know that, you know, this is, this is happening and this is their obligation and this is, you know, what you should do as a parent and to prepare them for this world and talking to them about it. Yeah. Or just let them be a kid. And when people want to talk about riots and uh, shootings and coronavirus and all these things, yeah, you could just say, hey, man, you want to go to the park, go play? I'm going to go do whatever. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a Pollyanna about it. I understand that. I mean, I had a guy. Uh, I was going to say, I understand why people are um, bad out there still. And I was the story I was going to say was when my son was probably about two, maybe. Uh, we were at the park. So I know he could play. So I don't know, about two or so. And there was a guy that was there and I, you know, just, just from many years of, uh, keeping my eye out for stuff like this, there was a a dude who was at the park who was a little shady. So I had parked near some utility workers from the city. Looked like they were on their lunch. So I figured my timeline for the kids and I to be, the kid and I to be there was as long as those guys were around. Because there's nobody else in the park. And before, I mean, I don't feel the need to preface this. Like, this guy wasn't very big. But I know that he know. I mean, maybe it's because I, th- I just try to put myself in his brain. But I know that I'm an easy target because I have a kid with me. So, it's like you are already sort of predisposed to make it easy for this person. Like, okay, yeah, what do you what do you want to make you go away? You want money? You know, don't hurt my kid. Don't hurt me. You know, that kind of thing. So it's already an easy mark when you have a kid. And sure enough, this guy comes up to us. And I kind of tell he was he was pacing and acting weird. I was like, you know what, let's go. So I start to leave the park. As I'm walking off, he starts walking up to me. He goes, hey, man. Can I borrow your cell phone? I didn't make a phone call. I was like, no. And at this point, I'm putting my son in, so I kind of have my back, or my I go around the side, you know, where my son's chair is, so I can keep an eye on this guy. He goes, oh, I just want to use it for a second, man. Come on. And he starts walking around, and I go, well, why don't you ask those two guys right there, pointing to the city truck, and uh, these two guys are sitting in the cab of the truck, and this guy turned completely pale. He goes, oh, uh, yeah, uh, maybe I will. And starts backing out and leaves. The situation was exactly what I thought it was. This guy was coming to shake me down, to get my phone, get some money, get something out of me, thinking that no one was around so he could get away with it, knowing that even if he didn't directly say he was threatening my kid, I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to my kid. Therefore, I would give this guy whatever he wants to go away. But what he didn't expect is that there were witnesses. There were people right there watching, like legitimately five feet away from us. And as soon as he saw there were witnesses, he took off. It's scary because that's the kind of world we have to live in. There isn't 
as much innocence as there should be. There isn't as much empathy as there should be. It just isn't. You know, I've told my wife many times, if you're at the mall or at a store and there's a shooting, don't go out the front door. I mean, unless you know the shooter's far beyond where you are. If you're at the mall, this goes for anybody. Go into the stores. Go into the door in the back of the store, and where like the warehouse would be. In there is an interconnected hallway with all of the mall stores that connect to loading docks outside. Mass shooter, somebody goes in there, is probably going to be trying to take out people running for the exits, people walking around the mall. They're not going to be in those back areas. Go into the back area, go into the door, and get out in the loading areas or hunker down in an office. Call 911. Same thing if you're at a store. Unless that person, and I know I'm saying this on the heels of a shooting in Colorado last night, um, and it's probably much easier to say this on a podcast than it is to do it when it's happening. But, you know, go into the back area of the store, the warehouse, and go out the loading dock in the back. Unless, of course, like I said, if the person's walking down the aisles and you got a clear path to the, to the exit, get out of there. Grab as many people as you can and get out of there. Um, but, you know, don't play into what the person wants you to do. Please always have an exit strategy when you go somewhere. Always. For many years, as I mean, high school on, I always have an exit strategy wherever I go. At least I think I do. I don't know. Never had to put to the test, thank God. And I hope I never do. But I've had, you know, go into a store and I, I notice the exits. Notice the back doors. Notice if there's anywhere that's good cover and not just concealment. Things like that. You just got to do it. You know, people talk about like, oh, it's not fair to... You know, after women want to go jogging and you have to tell them to, you know, be careful or don't run with one ear ear thing in or you only run with one earbud in and not two or, you know, whatever. It's like, I do that anyway. Not that anyone wants to attack me, but it's just being safe. Just be safe. Because not everybody out there has empathy. Not everybody out there has love for everybody. I wish more of us did. So anyway... Um, hopefully this was even mildly entertaining. I just promised myself that if I didn't go to the gym tonight, this morning, like I didn't, I slept in this morning, that I had to do something productive. So a podcast was, uh, my productivity meter for the day. Um, anyway, go to our Instagram page or my Instagram page. Uh, it's a uh, midlife chaos podcast. Ask me some questions. Uh, ask me a topic you want me to talk about. Um, I'll probably put one of those question thingies out there on Instagram before I do the next podcast just to see if anybody has questions they want answered uh, if not that's fine I, obviously I can do 30 minutes by myself I can probably do more if I'm not exhausted worked a long day today so I'm you know probably tired anyway um, talk to you guys again soon I don't really have a schedule right now that I do these on. I'm just kind of doing them as I do them. I might do one in my car one of these days soon when I'm driving. I just love to talk. I don't know. 
I love to talk and I think my wife's heard everything that I've ever said that she wants to hear. So it's time to talk to you guys again. Um, thanks for being here, everybody. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the ones you love. And uh, take care of everybody else, too. <laughs>